0: Wow, guys, it's me, Penny and Assy, and I promise I'm not on no 13 Reasons Why, Hannah Baker type shit, I promise you guys. Although I love 13 Reasons Why and everything that they're doing, I'm here to introduce to everybody my motherfucking podcast. It's taken me so long to actually sit down and do this podcast talking to yourself is really really weird so it just took me forever to do this but I'm glad I'm here I don't know if it was fear or my or my crazy Virgo perfectionism but guess what I'm here bitches and I hope you guys love what I have are listening to the For Your Thoughts podcast, hosted by Penny and Nassi. This is where psychology, the culture, and self meet. So some of you are here because you know me, you saw me post on Instagram or Twitter, and I really, really appreciate you so much that means the world even if you tune in for two seconds and you're like oh i'm off the shit like thanks for coming for those two seconds fam like i really appreciate it honestly and if you are new and you do not know me at all and you just stumbled across my across my podcast um welcome hey i'm penny um i'm a writer honor talent and host and i call myself a polymath because i kind of do a lot of different things um my whole thing is instilling empathy humanity and psychology through entertainment and the music industry and just media period so i feel like the world might know me from this crazy experience me and my dad went super viral in august it was the hurricane harvey new school dad situation my dad let me tell you the story i guess so my dad decided to come to class with me because he was stuck because of hurricane harvey in houston it was my first day of grad school at the new school shout out to the new school shout out to new york city i just moved here from texas and so he came and he sat down with me and he took this picture a selfie picture like in my class literally and he sent it to our family group chat my little brother shout out to my little brother omete i love you so much he posted it on his twitter and black twitter just ate it up it was so funny you have to just google it to see it I don't know why people found it so hilarious, but they did, and it went crazy viral. So I think that's how, like, people know me in the world. Just Google that story. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, But, yeah, I do know how it feels to go viral, and it's pretty interesting. We'll talk about that more later. Um, And I guess, like, nationally or um, if you're a little bit more close to me in, in, um, like, my industry, you might know me for working with and writing for Karen Civil, and Vashi and allshitadult.com with Sam and Edward. Um, that's what I do, that's what I've been doing as of lately. And if you know me from back in the day, you know me from working with Aristocrat Life in Houston and JJ's Ime Foundation in Houston. And just I would go out a lot in college, in high school. Um don't want to say I was well, yep, I was a party girl and I had a good time. I would say that. And I'm still having a good time, but might know me from Houston, just like around the world and like the sceney type of mixy type of vibes. I hate the, both of those words, but it is what it is. But anywho, I'm done talking about myself. Um, oh wait, but let me tell you, my favorite choice of liquor is brown and some wine. Um, I don't know why I need to tell you guys that, but I guess it's just a random fact. But you guys will get to know so much more about me throughout the podcast, if you even give a fuck. Probably not, but Hey, whatever. So for this podcast, you guys will, well, we're really gonna talk about everything. Honestly, my whole thing is we're all humans. We all have our shit. Um, this show will take like a my type of, my penny type of approach to the discussion of viral stories, hip hop and pop culture, mental health, addictions, and life itself. And it's definitely gonna be in a progressive non-judgmental and uttering fashion you guys will also be walking along with me on my journey to becoming whatever the fuck i'm about to become i don't even want to label it but you'll be walking along with me as well as a black girl actually a black girl i'm also a kenyan girl through media i just moved from houston to new york city so we might be talking about that a little bit and just a lot of shit y'all this podcast is for what I like to call the cool and the conscious. So let's get into the podcast. Today's theme is the complexity of human beings. And my special guest co host for my first episode is Miles Lofton. He is an amazing photographer who has shot with Under Armour, who has shot with Rihanna, who has shot with the Claremontins, who has shot with Solange, who goes to Parsons. The list kind of goes on with Gucci. I could keep going and going. I should have his resume up, but I don't. But yes, he will be joining us in a little bit for our pen pal letters and for our interview. We're going to go ahead and get into our first segment, which is called Change. Change. and Change is basically where I talk about People who are changing the world, because that's honestly what it's all like. What are you here for if you're not bettering the world? I don't fucking know, but that's what I'm here to do. So I'm going to highlight people that you may know, may not know, just amazing stories that I see during the week that are truly about change in progressing society, our culture, our people, and everything. Today, I am highlighting Akon, Mr. Lonely. I am so lonely. I have nobody for my own. (laughs) Psych, I can't sing for shit, guys. But yes, Akon, Mr. Lonely, is the first change highlight for the day. Akon was speaking at the Cons Lines Festival of Creativity recently. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a global event for those working in creative communications, advertising, and all of the related fields. It's considered to be the largest gathering of the advertising and creative communications industry. So basically, it's goals for anybody who's in those related fields. You should be there or you should try to get there. One day you'll be there. I hope so. Anyways, our good brother Akon talked about his plans to develop his very own cryptocurrency at this year's festival. And get this, guys. It's going to be called a coin. A whole coin yes honey a coin serving us all of the Tamar Braxton vibes that we needed or that we did not know that we needed I love me some Tamar Braxton by the way a quaint yes we've known that Akon was about his coin and this further confirms that notion sooner than later we'll all have a coin or two if we get into this cryptocurrency thing I personally and honestly don't know much about how cryptocurrency works but from my research It seems pretty promising. I definitely plan to get with it in the near future whenever I'm ready. Right now, I'm like broke, grad school shoddy, so that's really not happening right. I'm just trying to pay my rent in New York City. That's all I'm trying to do, to be honest. But soon come, soon come. If any of my listeners are experts on cryptocurrency, please email me or DM me about it. I would love to know more about it because I plan to invest into that whole thing in the future near future another year almost done i'm almost done so anyways akon wants to create cryptocurrency and he's gonna have an app and everything he would like it to be on everybody's phone between now and december so if you're into that cop his cop some cryptocurrency from a black brother an african brother at that and so on top of that he wants to make a cryptocurrency city, and he was gifted two thousand acres of land by the president of Senegal. Two thousand whole acres for the Freezies, literally, two thousand. And he plans to make this cryptocurrency city in Senegal like this new Wakanda it's gonna be super futuristic and of course beneficial to the african economy and the whole community and i'm all the way here for it it's like all of what's what was happening on these futuristic shows is happening now and we all really need to get into it and stop pushing it away i've heard people have so many like memes and like jokes about cryptocurrency and that like scammers and like broke niggas were doing it it's like no it's real life like a thing like there's millionaires who made it off of cryptocurrency and we need to get with the wave, get with it or get lost type shit. Benny who's the city is ho- is all crypto-based and I'm Kenyan, so I know that like Af- some places in Africa are really, really far behind. Not all places. Y'all be trying to make us look like we don't have anything and that's definitely not the case, but some places are definitely far behind, not because of us, but, be- but because of the oppressor, obviously and I'm so here for Akon doing something and putting it in Africa, putting it at the mother in the motherland and it's just going to be amazing. We need this to happen. So super shout out to Akon for taking real steps towards changing the world and making it a better place and that is why he is my change of the episode. And another thing like my family knows nothing about like did not know anything much about credit and like different things like that, like my immigrant parents were just trying to come here and make it out of where they were at, so for this to be happening, I want everyone to get into this, especially like my African brothers and sisters, like, let's get this coin, honey, let's get this coin, honey, let's do it, but yes, yeah, so he's my change for this episode, and let's move on to the next segment, which will be my two cents, here we go. I will be giving my two cents on the whole XXX tentation topic and conversation. It was a super touchy subject for me personally because, like, it, seeing people die online is just very weird to me. And we're gonna either get PTSD or be super de- desensitized to death if this keeps happening, and it's really weird. It's also super sensitive to me because I used to work with kids a lot and they loved XXX so much. And when they heard, I heard. X's music is what got some of my kids up in the morning. Like he, they felt like he really understood who they were and like how they felt. So it was really sucky to see like all of them online feeling a type of way because of what happened. So first and foremost, rest in peace to XXX and prayers and blessings to your family and your fans and your friends. This should not happen to anybody. Rest in peace, love and light to all of you guys, for real. Now, if you were paying any attention to what was going on after the video of X surfaced and the news broke, you are definitely aware of this crazy uproar and moral debates that were going on between fans and others who rejoiced, and then some other people who kind of just felt indifferent about his death and what happened. Some of you may have been somewhere caught in the middle, and some of you might not even give a fuck about the topic. You might be like, X who, or whatever. But I personally feel a certain type of way, and I definitely could not express the way that I felt about it all in a couple of tweets or on Twitter, because there was just a lot going on. So here are my two cents on XXXTentacion. This conversation kind of brings up the whole talk about separating an artist from their art. Can you separate the person from the celebrity? Um, ask yourself this, when it comes to R. Kelly, are you still bumping and grinding Or step in the name? Like, are you stepping in the name of love still? When it comes to Bill Cosby, are you still laughing at the pudding jokes? Or at Theo's jacked up Gordon Cottrell Versace button down looking thing? Are you still whisper singing, confidently lost with Sabrina Cadillo, who supposedly is a racist but loves black culture as well? If an artist's actions in their personal life don't line up with your personal moral values, do you continue to ingest their content or do you let them go? Joe Budden said something that I found super interesting on his podcast where he him and his co-host talked about XXX's death. He said that hip hop has always been welcoming of all, which is why it's hip hop and why it's so beautiful. You see that hip-hop accepts the killers, it accepts the drug dealers, it accepts the rapists. Hip-hop kind of accepts all. And although all is definitely not okay, hip-hop's culture has always been the space for people to not be okay. I honestly had never heard that before in that way, so it was super cool, and it's something to think about while listening to my podcast and just thinking about the topic, period. The number one issue that I saw people having with X's fans mourning his death was the fact that they felt like mourners were celebrating an alleged abuser and rapist. I even saw some people saying that he deserved to die because of his past. Disgusting. I saw a lot and it was really a lot to take in. It was no longer about the death of a young boy but more so about showing how intellectual or moral you were and it was just like this big intellectual moral power trip debate going on on social media and I was not here for it now I'm not here to tell anyone how to think or to debate because it's honestly not about that to me personally it's about hurt people who need healing my love and prayers also go out to his alleged rape and abuse victim As an abuse victim myself, I feel her and I'm here with her and I hope she gets a chance to fully heal from any pain that she has experienced during all of this. Sadly, X does not have the chance to heal from his past pain. And it honestly seemed like he was on his way to being a better person and it just really, really, really sucks. Death sucks, period, but it sucks even more When someone dies so young and hasn't had a chance to fully live their life yet. It's so unfortunate. I studied psychology in undergrad because I wanted to understand people better and learn about why they do what they do. To me, it's super duper fascinating. The good things that they do and the bad things that they do. There are a lot of factors that develop our characters and who we are as people and as human beings in this world. We are super complex and that's what makes us who we are. It's a mixture of our genetics, it's a mixture of how our parents treated us when we were younger, it's a mixture of our environments, and so many more factors play a role into our everyday decisions and our everyday thoughts and who we are as people. I take all of this in, into consideration when I begin to judge a human being. The crazy thing is that as human beings, I feel as though we have no room to judge anyone. Like, only God can judge us, and guess what, y'all? Like, God doesn't even do that, and He doesn't even act as self righteous as we do as humans on this earth. God loves, and God loves deeply. And that's what I strive to do even when it's hard and doesn't make any fucking sense. I never got the chance to meet X. That's honestly somebody who I would have wanted to interview and do like work with and community service with. Like I think he's a dope individual. Um, but I have watched tons of his interviews over and over and over again and um, listen to his music, and it was apparent through everything that he didn't grow up in the best circumstances. But one thing that I did admire about him was his honesty and his genuineness and wh- about who he was, what he had gone through, and his thoughts. He was very vocal and was never afraid of judgment, and I truly admire that about him. While watching his interview with No Jumper, um, two things stuck out to me. One was the fact that he said he would do anything to get his mother's attention. He was a super troubled bad kid. He would do bad, like a badass kid, do bad stuff. He got locked up for doing crazy things and all to get his mother's attention. That's one thing that stuck out. That made me think more so about his relationship with his mother and like that attachment and everything like that. The second thing was that he talked about how much he loved his ex-girlfriend and how they did this blood oath, which is like when you, when two or more people exchange each other's blood, it's like signing a contract to be bonded together forever. He explained that they feel each other's pain and talked about how deep their love was in this interview. It was kind, it was crazy. From the outside looking in, that relationship obviously seems kind of toxic, and it seemed to me that he loved her so hard because he had no one else around filling that void and giving him that attention that even before he said he would do anything to get attention from his mother you know what i'm saying like it all kind of like links up in some sort of way i'm not a psychologist but this is just what i'm thinking but yeah after doing my research beyond the headlines um i saw him i truly did see him because he was so young and not mentally like fully developed yet it just made me kind of Think about his hurt and his pain and his darkness a little bit more also about why he made the music that he made he was always just an interesting person with a message like his music does have a message if you've never listened to it it's not just some new shit that has no layers it is very 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 layered and very very good music has an interesting way of articulating all of the feelings that we have and sometimes that we don't even know that we have. Music is like a silent way to feel, which is something that we all yearn for, whether we know it or not. That intangible pain and trauma that he experienced channeled into his music. And it ended up resonating with so many people. It resonated with billions of people, not because it was played on the radio a million times and we had to like love it and listen to it but because we somehow experience some of his same deep and dark feelings and emotions in some way. Unfortunately, the reality is that there are people out there thinking the darkest of thoughts, and the mind is a really, really tricky thing. Now, this is no excuse for anyone who rapes, abuses, or harms people, period city girls period i repeat this is no excuse but if we're thinking psychologically here dark thoughts can make you do dark things especially if you are unaware of what's going on with your mind truth is he was a child when all of these alleged things took place he also had a lot of power at a young age and was not even fully mentally developed yet Rape and assault are extreme no-nos, but as we can see, it keeps happening to people every single day. So instead of bashing this 20-year-old kid for his alleged actions and his time on Earth, we need to spend our time and our words on a solution. The world is fucked up. It's been fucked up. But how can we make ourselves and others less fucked up? Like, how can we do that? Let's get down to the root of why and think beyond the surface so that we can create true change. Mental health has been this like theme lately. I guess it's cool, I don't know. But for some reason, I feel like people aren't really ready to face and deal with the reality of mental health and in its entirety and its depth. Suffering from mental health issues is sad, it's scary, it's confusing. And sometimes it literally makes no sense. It's disturbing, but it's a part of some of us. Kanye recently opened up about having bipolar, which is the cause of some of his outlandish statements, like the slavery thing was a choice and different things like that. But the world still shunned him, even after he said he had bipolar. It's really interesting, and maybe it's because I know what happens when you're bipolar and, like, what happens in your mind when you're bipolar, but I would love for you all to Google that as well if you don't know. But um, it's interesting. The same people that I see posting all these cute little mental health quotes were the same people going in on gay, and, like, all I could do was chuckle because it's very contradicting and hypocritical and just shows how much people really know about mental health. It's so unfortunate that X's life was taken away from him so soon before he got a chance to correct it. His but, his music, and his impact will forever live on. And I'm hoping that it was a life lesson for whoever needed it in whatever ways. Your life can be taken from you at the blink of an eye. Love yourself and love others as hard and as understanding as you possibly can. I'll leave my two cents at that. Alright, y'all. Now it's time to have some fun. Lighten up the load. Answer you guys' pen pal letters, which is my advice column. Be sure to email me all the time if you have any letters. Karubo period and nasty at gmail.com. I'll put that in the description as well. Email me all types of advice. It could be about anything. It could be about dick. Okay? It could be about anything, I swear. But yes, email me that. We're going to get into that with Miles Lofton, my guest co-host, for my first episode. I'm so excited to have him here. Let's get into these letters, y'all. So. So for our pen pal letter today, someone said, Dear Penny, congrats on starting your podcast. It was well overdue. I hope this message finds you well. You have always been open about your support for the LGBTQIA community. You're always about love, light, and understanding, and I've always admired that. I have a close friend who I think might be gay or bisexual. I know that someone... I know that someone else's sexuality is none of my business, but I want him to be true to himself. I feel as though he deflects, gets angry, drinks a lot, and is just very mean and judgy sometimes because he's holding that in. I know there is no way to know if someone is gay or not and that people should come out on their own terms, but that, but what, but what do I do if I feel like it is affecting our relationship? I feel like he isn't being authentic and he overcompensates for his masculinity because he doesn't want to seem gay, even though he does a ton of other things that shows that he is whatever that means. That's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird and complicated, and I just want my friend to be happy. What is your advice? Signed, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, a la- a that's a lot.
1: That's a large question.
0: Yeah. Let me put my thing down. we're good. Um, for me. I think just, I'm going to start like what I know. For me, I think just being there for that person and um, not assuming anything because you never know. For me, that's what I would do. Kind of be there for that person and like address like what they're doing wrong. and Not like, oh, are you doing this because you're gay? Yeah. Be, like you're drinking yeah. a lot. You're being really angry. Like, what's the deal? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then kind of go from there. And if they don't really want to talk about it, they just don't want to talk about it. And it's like up to you to be there for them or be their friend, like whatever is like your boundaries. And that's how I would kind of start and go about it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, like, I think it's not necessarily your job to like get to the bottom of like what their sexuality is, especially if they are kind of like potentially making it clear to you that they're not necessarily like in a position to, you know, disclose that information um but yeah like you said if they're showing these behaviors like drinking too much or overcompensating or that you feel like they're not being their true self I think like those are the things that you should address rather than like making assumptions based on that because then if you say something like that you could really offend that person and then the relationship would could be like ruined from something like that so I would definitely say like make yourself open to the friend and like let them know that you're there for them um, in terms of, like, being able to be a person that they can, like, confide in um, and then just let them know that, like, yeah, like, you're always there for them.
0: So what do you identify as?
1: Yeah, so I guess this is definitely a question that I've been, like, grappling with for a while um, trying to, I guess, figure out, like, which part of the spectrum that I identified with um and I guess like recently maybe I've felt more comfortable with the term like pansexual um just because like I feel like I'm attracted to people's personalities rather than like specifically like their gender or whatever um and then also just like I feel like I'm still figuring it out because like I've never actually been in a relationship before. So I feel like that is an aspect to like figuring out like what I identify with. Um, But also I think I've just been like over the years um, realizing that everything isn't so black and white and like everything kind of exists on a spectrum. And I think a lot of people are like opening their eyes to the fact that like, everything isn't necessarily as we thought it was and we don't necessarily have to like label everything so cut and dry and so like at this point i'm not necessarily like as concerned with like having a specific label and just kind of like going with my personal feelings
0: exactly like my instagram bio um maybe like two years ago was like labels are limitations. And I just can't do that to myself because like, you know, everyone puts their Instagram. Oh, I'm a blogger, a journalist, I'm a photographer. It's whatever. But it's like, well, what if you were that? And like so much more. Yeah. And like the way somebody will see, especially on Instagram, like everyone judges on social media. It's like, what if you miss out on an opportunity or miss out on like love or something like that, just because you labeled yourself like as such this thing and like stuck to that box. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like that labels are like, kind of crippling in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good to know. So um, this is our second question. It says, dear Penny, I am a photographer, but I feel like it's getting so oversaturated, the field, I'm guessing. And I haven't had any viral photos yet or gigs that I am honestly proud of. I started before everyone and their mom (laughs) – I guess everyone and their mama (laughs) – and wanted to become a photographer. And I feel as though I have – lost my initial passion and motivation because the field has become so oversaturated. It's not funny anymore. And it feels like people are just doing this shit for all the wrong reasons. And I'm disgusted. What the fuck do I do? How do I get the gigs I deserve and my passion back? Or should I just let this shit go? Signed over it.
1: Hmm. Um, I feel like the art world has always been oversaturated In a sense, I mean like there are so many people who want to be artists. Um, I think now it just seems like there's so much more because there are so many people using social media. Mm -hmm. So many people are like posting their work on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr. And so I think it seems like it. There's so many people, I mean there are, like cameras are so much more accessible now. Um, But I do think that there is a possibility um, for you to, like, be successful as a photographer regardless of how many people are in the field. Because if you're talented and if your work is unique and it says something to people, then they're going to want to hire you for your specific voice um, regardless of there being, like, 20,000 other photographers. Um, And I think, like you don't necessarily need to worry about like having a viral photo series or anything like that i think um just create the work that you feel like you should be making and put it out there and it may take a while i mean it took me a long time for my work to start getting off the ground like i was posting like i started posting as long as i had social media so i started like tumblr and instagram in like 2012 2011 how how old were you then i was like 14 15 yeah um and as long as i had a camera and as long as i was like making work i was posting it and it wasn't until like maybe my like sophomore junior year of high school when it was like picking up a little bit where like people were following me like people around my school like knew me because of my photography Mm -hmm. and stuff and so i think like we tend to want to rush things now because like everything is so quick but i think like your time will come when it's supposed to um and so i think you just don't need to worry about like what other people are doing i think as long as you just stay true to like what you're doing like whatever you want to happen will will happen
0: sure mm-hmm, but like if you started it for like the right reason right you truly have a passion for it and truly have a a different and like a niche voice like through your photography then you should be fine right like your time will come. even if it comes when you're 45 years old like yeah time is gonna come and if you're doing it because you love it you should be fine yeah you know what i'm saying like I I feel the same way um, with about social media, kind of like making things like bigger and like faster than what they really are. Yeah, I saw one tweet that was saying like the world is like. I guess social media made the world crazy and I was like no bitch the world has been yeah crazy. the world has cr- been we've crazy been kind of like brainwashed whatever the, you want to say but like social media is just kind of exposing it yeah so I think it's, it's my- like
1: making everything visible and like people are thinking like a lot of these things are new and it's just like no it's not new it's just like it's coming to light because everyone is talking about it and everyone can see it
0: yeah and like you've never seen I kind of like think about it like I know like a lot of my friends and stuff like we've been like not to say artsy but more so of like artists are into like pop culture and things like that and now it kind of seems like everyone's into it but it's like it's because of the like everyone has always watched TV, listened to music, talked about these things but now we're all talking about them together and like yeah. one voice can reach the world these right, days so like right. through media. So that's why it seems so close but it's really not as close as like one would think.
1: Right, right.
0: I think it's going to like end up making us all be closer and like because we, we're we all like on twitter is basically having someone in like kind of in your head 24 7 if you tweet like what's like just comes off the dome yeah which most people do yeah and i'm like if most of the time we don't say what we feel but on twitter for some reason we just do so it kind of is like okay we're, we're all seeing what we're all thinking and it's like it's kind of crazy right now, but I think things get really crazy before they like get good and like every like equality truly happens. We all understand each other's differences and stuff like that. So I don't know if we'll be alive to see it, but one day I think it's like gonna be a, looked at as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my guess. But okay, so thank you for helping me answer these pen <laughs> letters. Um, we're gonna go into the discussion. I didn't have, like, set questions. I just had topics because you literally have, like, so many different, like, layers to you. I didn't (laughs) even know where to start. Yeah. And usually (laughs) I'm, like, interviewing people. I'm, like, okay, I know what, like, what that audience wants to hear about this person. But Mm -hmm. for my stuff, I just kind of want to talk. And, like, I have my go-to, like, topics. And we'll just, like, kind of go from there. Okay, cool. So you went to the Teen Vogue Summit.
1: Mm-hmm. was that
0: yesterday or Ye- friday it was
1: friday and saturday they had a thing on sunday but i didn't go to that but yeah how was that it was cool um it was i like got invited like i told you like super last minute i know i was like checking my email um because my friend quill he had told me that he uh got invited and i was like oh i didn't get an email yet and then i got one like two days later which was like maybe a day or two before the summit happened Mm -hmm. i was like oh okay well i'm gonna go yeah um and so there was a lot of like really interesting it was like mainly just like panels and stuff and like the overarching theme was just like um getting young people like politically active and like interested in like voting and stuff because like it's super important um and so some of the like most interesting panels were um they had one with um, a bunch of uh, actresses so it was i'm mean, like i don't know all the the actresses names but it was um the girl from dear white people her name is logan, logan Brown? yeah something I like that say. yeah um she was on the panel it was amara la negra oh that's
0: dope yeah she, like how she? she
1: was loud and <laughs> dominican just like she is on love and hip-hop miami it was not different um They had. Do you watch How to Go How to Get Away with Murder? No. Okay. Well, they. Well, for the people who do watch it, (laughs) um, Michaela, Michaela from How to Get Away with Murder was there, and it was just like. and and then the girl from um, Orange Is the New Black, okay. I don't remember her name either. But they were talking about like representation and how that's important in like media and stuff like that. And that was like a really interesting panel. Um, they had um, Amandla Stenberg and Common. Oh gosh, I love her. Yeah, um, Amandla and Common and. Angie Thomas I believe her name Uh is they were talking about The Hate You Give which is a movie that they're in um, based on Angie Thomas's book like being really brutal against people Um, and then they had a panel with like four or five different trans women and they were talking about like trans rights and how people really need to like step up and be active so there was a lot of really good content Um, but one thing I would definitely say about the summit is that like wow there was so much great content and it was such a great opportunity the only reason i wasn't even able to go was because i was invited because the tickets were like five hundred yeah so i want to
0: talk about that like um (laughs) i don't know how to say her name but i think she goes here or went her name is like najima you might know her she's on twitter a lot i, th- I think and I she's a know writer her. is
1: she the one who she was um i think she was like kicked out of her dorm
0: or something yes yeah, like that? so that's yeah, how I started I to, to follow, follow her and she had said like we should have gotten for free and i was well, like, like as new school students? yeah and i was like wait low-key like because yeah. those tickets are exp- the school for one is very i love the new school Love it here, but <laughs> um, this the tickets were super, the school's expensive, that's like no joke. And yeah. it, like it is, that's what it is. Um, and the tickets were expensive as well. And it's like if you go here and it's on this campus, I feel like we should have got like free tickets or I mean, some type of- I mean, technically though,
1: because it was in the school, you could have just walked in. Real, you, like real? the way it was set up? Yeah, like there was no like real security besides like going in. They had to check your bags. Yeah. But like if you went in through and like swiped your card and stuff, like you could get into the Tishman Auditorium mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but I'm talking about like outside of the new school, like people in like Brooklyn or whatever like that who like can't afford a $500 ticket like we're not. They, they they couldn't go
0: and those are people who n- probably need who to probably it the need most who probably need the
1: most i mean like honestly it was mostly like 15 16 year old white girls from like la who could afford it because their parents probably paid Facts. for it and it's just like yeah that's cool like you do deserve that opportunity or whatever but it's like other people deserve it too so i think so too i'm I think hoping for, like, the next summit yeah. like maybe
0: we should like get to me you and her like get together do something to like make Another maybe not everybody get in for free, but make like some kind of like yeah. contest. I mean, like they had initiative. like some sort of
1: like um like social
0: media thing. I saw. Yeah, they had they had
1: like so my friend Yuling. I don't know if you do you know Yuling? She uh, did the commencement speech at the new school. I think Karen shouted her out possibly. Really? Yeah. Um, but she got in free because she did like a contest or whatever and got a free ticket. And then they had like fifty percent off for like students. <laughs> But I just think that there needs to be more precautions so that like more people could be able to go. But also like it's their second one, so I think like it's just a learning experience. Yeah, it's like, still them, pretty new. Yeah, figuring it out, and like I'm sure that they'll take the critiques um, and like do better la- later. Facts. Yeah, I
0: hope. So, what brought you to the new school? Like, what? how um, you get
1: here? <laughs> yeah. So I applied to five different, five, six schools technically um the last one was like a school my dad wanted me to apply to so i applied to pratt i applied to sba um i applied to vcu arts i applied to micah and i applied to the new school and then my dad made me apply to princeton because he wanted me to apply to like an ivy league just to like reach for art uh, yeah, we we went toward it and I was just like not feeling it. I didn't get in, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, I my life probably would have been so much different if I went to Princeton. Um, But yeah, so I applied to five different schools. I got into all of them except for Princeton. Um, And I guess like the discerning factor was like, A, I knew I wanted to go to New York. Um, VCU and Micah, which VCU is in Richmond and Micah's in Baltimore. Those were kind of just like safety schools, like just in case. Um, So I kind of like wrote those off. I didn't really want to be in Baltimore because I'm already from Maryland. And then like, Richmond wasn't really in a city so Mm -hmm. it was down to Pratt, Parsons and SVA. Um, Pratt didn't give me enough money so that was like off the table and then between SVA and Parsons I think I chose Parsons because it was part of the new school and part of like a larger community of like people who were in different majors and stuff. So I wouldn't just be around people studying art. Like I'd be around people studying like political science or Mm -hmm. like gender studies. And like I would have access to like classes at Lang or like other schools and stuff. So um, that was kind of like why I settled on the new school. Also like it being the number one design school in the country was like another factor. (laughs) And like just the name like holds so much weight in the like fashion community so um that was kind of like what led me to choosing the new school.
0: Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I like in undergrad, I went to UTSA, like I told you, like off air um, and I studied psychology mm-hmm. and my dad, I'm, I'm from Kenya. So like, they're all about like either be a doctor, be a lawyer mm-hmm. or some shit like that. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So like um, my dad wanted me to be a doctor of some sort and I was going to be a psychiatrist cause I mm-hmm. love like mental health and just like the brain and just mm-hmm. people period. And so, um, I did that and then me and my friend did this talk show like randomly like in um, like my junior year and it did pretty good like on YouTube. I started to fall in love with like media and like that whole aspect but from like, like I said earlier like an empathetic and like psychological humanistic like point of view. So for grad school I was like okay do I want to go to school again and be like go like for psychology? Do I want to go to medical school? But then I was like I want to go to like art school and like do media and like learn that and kind of like bridge the gap of those two worlds like psych and media so i came here i went to nyu and like other places and like this school was a, the place to actually like understood what i was trying to say and like that complexity of like mixing those two worlds and like what it means to do that like have two different disciplines and like have a career with both of those like yeah. you don't know, like the whole labeling thing again so like that's why i came here yeah if you cared. A, it's but cool <laughs> no, it's a, that's cool. Yeah,
1: It's really interesting. Yeah, the new school is, is great. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. I it wish they'd give me more money, but Yeah, me too. <laughs> but
0: it is what it is thing. So, um you do you feel as though you are a complex individual as far as identity goes and like your work? Like
1: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean I feel like everyone is a complex individual. Like we don't just like yeah, like, we have so many aspects to us. I think that, like, no one is, like, just one thing. Like, everyone kind of, like, has different things going on within, like, their identity. Oh. I <laughs> feel like everyone has, like, different things going on within, like, their identity and, like, within their mind. So I think, yeah, we're all, like, complex beings and Yeah.
0: Stuff. So how do you feel, like, when, let's say something goes viral or let's say somebody gets canceled for something mm-hmm. you know how that always goes yes. as long as it's not something like a white person being fucking racist yeah so something else okay and like the internet is like going in on them judging them like based on this one story without really knowing like the backstory yeah. to what's going on you're always on twitter and on the internet um i know you voiced your opinion like on a lot of things as well so like how do you feel about like that period and just how do i say this well basically how do you feel about that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well
1: first of all, can I've come to realize like canceling doesn't fucking exist. Like it like people say it, yeah. but like you can't fucking cancel someone. <laughs> <Exactly>. Like <laughs> Like in this world, like if you say like oh like I'm not going to listen to to like let, let's say for example XXX tentacion Oh like, yeah. If you say you're not going to listen to him, yeah, but he still has like thousands and millions of streams he's still like making money he's still charting so it's like yeah you may not fuck with him but he still has like a really huge like Follow platform elsewhere. yeah like and everyone who like you say you cancel like they're still gonna be relatively successful mm-hmm. like i think someone has to do something really really bad for their career to like completely plummet and like them to like just literally be canceled yeah um and also just like that whole canceling culture is like super dangerous because i think it doesn't leave room for people to make mistakes oh my god that's perfect yeah and i think that a lot of people operate under the idea or like under the mindset that like they just like came out the womb like woke as fuck (laughs) like no no a lot of people on twitter are like they act like they they came out like Th- into the world and like new like oh this is how you address people like this is what's right this is what's wrong like i was talking about this on twitter before i'm just like everyone is socialized through the same types of like systems of power and stuff like that some of us are it's like different extents and so like when we go through the world we have to unlearn those types of things like we have to unlearn problematic behaviors and what took you maybe five months to unlearn may take another person like a year or two and like for example like um, when people try to bring up like old tweets like when so, uh, I, was say, so, I was about to say uh, I was about to say uh, first name Solana siza uh, when SZA, she she, um, said some like homophobic shit on twitter in like 2011 yeah people like brought it back in like 2016 and was trying to like apply it to her now and it's like she's obviously grown from that point i mean i know it may seem like oh she like changed her point of view because she's famous and now she wants to like pander Mm -hmm. to gay people but it's like a it was like six years ago b solana is like she's bisexual so like obviously she was going through some shit back then and i think tell me something new I don't know. <laughs> well like she's talked <laughs> about cool. like her queer identity and stuff like yeah. that and like being attracted to women so it's like she was going through something she she had a lot of issues back then and obviously she's unlearned those problematic behaviors just like everyone else has i mean like i think because everyone grows up on the internet now you can pull that shit back up and like put it in their face and it's like i'm sure everybody at one point had some like really problematic ideas that they thought but they didn't necessarily tweet it or whatever just like in like when we were in like middle school or elementary school or when i was in like elementary yeah um People used to, like, say that Sierra was a man. Oh, my God. That's, that's one th- thing that and was... And that's transphobic as fuck. It but, really is. <laughs> but, like, we didn't know. Like, we didn't know that it we was... Because we weren't mentally there yeah. yet to, to know that. Yeah. That's, like, a part
0: of growing up and exactly. of life. Like, it
1: wasn't until, like, high school or, like... Yeah, high school when I started using, like, Twitter and stuff. And I was, like, looking back. And I was, like, damn. That was, like, problematic as fuck.
0: And the crazy thing is it was so fake like right. she's nowhere even near man just because i don't know if it was her features or what it, it was, was yeah it was just
1: because like sierra was like ma- like a muscular oh, individual was. Like, she was, like she athletic yeah she kinda. was athletic and she was like doing all those dances she had like if i like that um the where she was dancing oh, with me, yeah. like dressed like a boy and stuff like that and so like people started rumors and then like it turned into like a little elementary middle school joke but it was, like, problematic. But, like, now we know that this is, like, not okay. And I think people don't give people the room to grow. Um, yeah. Like, th- there's just, like, no no room.
0: There isn't. like, And I feel like I see a lot of arguments on Twitter about, like, stuff similar. And it's, like, you really can't argue with somebody who's, like, not reached, like, your level of consciousness yet. And, yeah. like, you can't blame them either. Exactly. Honestly. I think
1: I think people on twitter just like yell at people and it's like okay you want to cancel this person you want to write them off but like i think you should recognize that like this is a really great opportunity for you to teach someone something because like maybe this person didn't know that like what they said about so-and-so trans women or like this particular um, topic was wrong and then you have the opportunity to say hey like i been there or maybe i haven't but i know like the right thing to say this is how you say it and this is why what you said is wrong Mm -hmm. as opposed to oh my god you're canceled blocked hashtag like cancel so and so like
0: it's legit dangerous and i always find myself getting like angry and i have to stop because i'm like try to explain that to people on twitter but yeah. they're like no you're just defending them or no you're just this It's just like no like they're human beings just like you like exactly. and, it, and it, it, it's like i'm arguing with my friends who i know the fucked up shit that they've done or that they yeah <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> and like everyone
1: like, has their own shit so like <laughs> don't act like you're perfect because exactly, no one is
0: exactly so that's amazing thank you for that um how do you feel about the term internet baby Pusha said he didn't Photoshop Whitney's pic because he wasn't like an internet baby or something like that. Like oh, a yeah. couple he weeks ago. Oh yeah, he was talking ago. about
1: the, um, the the photo of, of oh Drake, yeah, I mean, that the one blackface. exactly. Yeah, I think I think he was just probably referencing like the fact that there's so much like fake information on the internet now. They actually had a um a session on that at the Teen Vogue Summit oh. about fake news, and mm-hmm. they were referencing um that picture. Um, that everyone that comes up every year during the Met Gala of like supposedly Jason Derulo falling down the steps. Have you seen it before? Yeah, I have. so it's That's like a fake. Yeah, so it's a man in a white suit falling down the steps and every year someone brings it back and is like saying, Jason Derulo fell down the steps at the Met. It's not even Jason it's, Derulo. It's someone at the like Cannes uh, Film Festival in France. And like, I think that he, he was probably like talking about that type of culture where like people will like make some sh- fake shit up and like, Put it onto the internet and like people will like latch onto it and like believe it at like face value without like actually searching into
0: it. It's low key insane. I saw this one picture of literally someone photoshopped Kim's arm off, Mm -hmm. like it was like a nub, like of an arm, Uh and And like people thought it was real. Yeah, have you seen that yet? No, I've never seen it. I'm gonna see it later, but it's literally her walking down the street, like in Calabasas or whatever, with no arm and like a tracksuit on. They're like Kim Kardashian loses her arm, and it's a and it's still out, like it's a whole article about yeah that on
1: the internet. Weird. like need to um they were talking like in the in the session they were like people need to like practice digital literacy and like it's so easy. like so many people don't know that this exists but like it's so easy to do a reverse Google image search have you do you know what no. that is so basically say for instance um I have a photograph and I want to see where else on the internet this photograph is maybe because I want to see if someone's stealing it maybe I want to see like um, just where it is, I can put this image in Google and it will show me all of the like instances where this photograph is. So say for instance, like, um, so for the, this Teen Vogue cover that they did with like the people from the Parkland thing, Mm -hmm. um, they, there was like a video or like a picture of Emma Gonzalez and she was ripping like this target sheet and someone who was like super alt-right, like Photoshopped it and turned it into like the 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 target sheet into like the constitution so it made it look like she was ripping the constitution and like racist right-wing people were like oh my god like this is fucked up whatever but like if you knew how to google reverse google image search you would have like searched the image and you would found like the original version of it so like a lot of people don't know that 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 exists but that's definitely like one way where you can like figure out if something something is actually real or if it's not real that's good yeah that's
0: really good that's insane So, how do you feel like okay so i would say that you are an internet baby because like oh yeah you i grew mean i definitely on the would claim that
1: title <laughs>
0: yeah okay so um but i also feel like you're not i guess like you you reap the benefits of it not Mm -hmm. not not reap the benefits as if like you have like privilege or anything like that Mm -hmm. but you're not using it in the wrong way like you you you, like you're still a human being you're still a full person like but you have internet as well Mm -hmm. so like how was growing up for you as a child like with the internet like was tumblr like a huge thing for you and um how has the internet played a role in your career and like your work and stuff like that
1: yeah i mean like i've been using the internet for like as long as i can remember um like element i mean social media didn't start for me until like middle school like seventh eighth grade but like i was always like on the internet playing like little games and stuff like that um during like recess or like break and stuff like that but um so i started tumblr like 2011 2012 um when my cousin she had a tumblr and she was like hey like you should use this app and i was like oh what is this like i didn't know how it worked at all i hadn't even had like People in my grade had like MySpace and stuff, but I had never really used that. Like, I never had like my own personal computer, so I never had a reason to like have a MySpace. Um, but yeah, so I started Tumblr, and it just felt like this like special, like secret thing that I knew about because, like, in 2012, like, not many people knew what Tumblr was. Not like, it all. wasn't as pervasive as it is now. Um, and so, like, I felt like I had access to this like secret world of like, images and like style and stuff and it definitely like influenced um I guess like my creativity um and like just so, so much like my s- taste in music stuff like that because I was only like not being on the internet I was only exposed to like what was around me but like being on the internet then you see like what other people are doing in other cities and like other countries and stuff and then you get to like build, a community of people and so like (coughs) I was like using Tumblr and stuff and like I told you um, I started to post my work like basically as soon as I started Um, and I also started like Instagram around that time I was doing like a lot of like self-portraits with like my camera and like with my sister's iPod because like I didn't really have like I started with my sister's iPod because I didn't have like a professional camera or whatever and I was just like posting stuff um and to just take pictures with her ipod and just yeah i would it. just like take pictures <laughs> like self self portraits but like they weren't like selfies it was like i was like editing them and like being all extra That's stuff so
0: po- so, like what made you like what do you think like just made you gravitate towards photos towards
1: photography yeah so but I, still go back to tumblr like yeah, yeah yeah so i was always like into art like from as long as i can remember i was like drawing and painting and like stuff like that and I wanted to be, like, an illustrator. I wanted to, like, do cartoons and stuff. Um, All the way up until, like, middle school and stuff, I was still drawing. Um, But once I got into Tumblr, and once, like, um, me and my cousin, we started hanging out a lot more, and she was into photography. So, like, her being in photography, like, made me get interested as well. And so I started exploring that. And then, like, in between me going from middle school to high school me and my family, we went to Italy, and when we went, we borrowed my uncle's camera, and so that was, like, kind of the first time where, like, I could, like, have free reign to, like, do whatever I wanted, and, like, I was just, like, taking pictures and stuff during the trip, and, like, I found that I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed, like, making photographs, and so when I got back, I, like, asked for a camera, and, like, I started taking pictures and stuff. Like, like I told you, I was doing a lot of Mm self-portraiture at first because I was like scared to photograph other people. Like, I didn't, I didn't know like how to pose people and stuff. So I would just like take pictures of myself. I took a lot of pictures of like food. Like, I would do those, like, little setups (laughs) on the table where, like, you have, like, the coffee and, like, a croissant and stuff. Like, I did a lot of those types Mm -hmm. of pictures. Um, And, yeah, I just, like, would keep posting um, on Tumblr and on Instagram. And after, like, building, like, a community of people on the internet, like, it started to, like, grow, and I started to meet more and more people. And then I started, like doing photo shoots and stuff with like other people and like doing my own creative stuff. Um, what else? Oh, I also like I'm from Maryland. And so like in the DMV, there's kind of like a tight knit there. All at the time there was like a tight knit, like community of like underground artists and like we would have art shows and stuff. Yeah. So like I showed art within that community and stuff. And like that kind of like added to like the followers that I had on social media. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of, like, been only up from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially since I moved, moved to New York. Yeah. So, like, once I moved to New York, um, I had, like, made connections through social media. So, like, I knew people. Because, like, a lot of people, when they moved to New York from, like, a smaller area, like, they don't know anybody. But, like, because I was, like, using social media so often um, and connecting with people, like, there were people that I knew. And so I was able to, like... Um, pretty quickly like get into like the art scene in new york and um from then on like my career kind of like went up
0: yeah because it's i look a lot of older people are always mad at the younger people because it feels like y'all are passing people up Mm because it's like how how did you get this opportunity and i've been like doing this for this long but i'm like the internet for one and like they're actually like the like you got like your work is amazing like you're not just an average photographer like you're really really good and i don't know what it is like i don't know if it's like i've seen people who okay like if a man shoots something who's super masculine and like a woman shoots something it has like a different taste Mm -hmm. but for some reason it's like yours has either both or it's just something like about the way that you like capture things is like super delicate but still like strong i don't know how to explain that or if i just did but yeah Yeah. like it's super dope so i think that's like one of my favorite things about like your work and then you like kind of like go outside of the box for sure like the masturbation piece that i saw (laughs) i was like i was like what is this and it was super dope i was like i've never seen anybody think to like photograph anything like this before? So Yeah,
1: I was like kind of going out of limb even for myself for yeah, that. Yeah, really? I, w- <laughs> I did that for my uh, midterm for my studio class this semester and our prompt was to take a piece of writing and turn it into a photo series. And so I was kind of like thinking, I was like, do I want to use like a book or something um that I've read and I was like thinking of doing that, but then I was like this is a cool opportunity for y- me to like work with a friend. And so My friend Jalen, I've known him since like my freshman year of high school. He's also from um, the DMV and he goes to Pratt now. Um, And he's a poet. And so I remember he told me about this poem that he wrote about like the first time that he ever masturbated. And I was like, this will be interesting, like an interesting piece of writing to like translate to photographs. Um, Cause I think like that aspect of like puberty and like growing up and stuff, I feel like it's not talked about but so much. But it
0: happens to everyone. I remember my yeah. little brothers and my and my older brother, like literally they'd be in the shower for so <laughs> fucking long. And I'm like, y'all asses do, don't take showers for that long. I want to get in there. Like, what are y'all doing? Uh-huh. And I would bang on the door. They'd be so pissed. If I knew they were <laughs> fucking <laughs> mess, right? like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like,
1: it's a it's a thing that like people are scared to talk about, I feel like. So I was like. I mean, I should just go there. Yeah. So that's, that's how that, like, series came about. And it was so interesting photographing it because I was, like, especially where I, like, we, we were using. So the first time, I, I shot it twice. Like, the first time, I didn't like how it turned out the second time like I wanted to revisit or whatever. The first time I had like a bottle of lube to like mimic the pre Oh, uh, I was really gonna ask <laughs> if it was real or not. Yeah, so it wasn't real. So the first time <laughs> I was like using um, like lube and it was like awkward. I was like, um, so I have a lube and I want you to put it on your finger <laughs> to like do this. But he's, he's like super chill. And so like um, it was like a really interesting experience. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad with how the photos came no,
0: out. No, they were really, really good. So your name on Twitter, well, like, I don't know if it's your name, but it's, like, is there a budget? Yeah, it's
1: like, my (laughs) my screen name. Yeah,
0: so I know people always have, like, a hard time as photographers and artists, like, getting the money that they deserve. Uh Like, what's been your experience with that as, like, a freelancer?
1: Yeah, so. Like, how do you um, get in your bag?
0: Like, (laughs) how do you secure it? Yeah, it's
1: so funny, like, now, like. With my name being, is there a budget on Twitter? I've actually received a few emails where, like, the person is like, "Yes, and yes, there is a budget." <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because like I don't know. I just feel like within, um, in my like first year of college, I did a lot of free stuff, and I was like,
0: "Okay to do." I think. Sometimes. Yeah, I think like especially I think, if the opportunities. Yeah, I don't. think a
1: lot of the free stuff that I did um some of it i was like this is cool like this is a great opportunity like everyone needs to um well not necessarily needs to but like if you have cool opportunities for free like when you're first starting out it's like awesome because like you can use that to build up to paid opportunities but i i reached a point where i felt like i was being asked to do too much or like asked too many times to like do free things and people were just like oh like shoot these things for us for like exposure or like some fucking t-shirts. And I'm like, I go to a school that costs $60,000 a year. I cannot afford to work for exposure because exposure is not going to pay my fucking tuition. Not at all. Um, and so that's kind of like what fueled like that. Um, um, that was kind of like what fueled that um, desire or like the decision for me to like put that in my Instagram. Uh, I mean, my, my Twitter handle cuz it's just like if there's not a budget it probably isn't worth my time unless it's like a really really great opportunity where I'm like okay like this is a thing that I I'll do and I don't necessarily mind if I d- don't mm-hmm. get paid like um I just recently photographed the uh store opening for G- Gucci so like that was a thing I did for free but like I did it because it was like a super yeah, awesome opportunity awesome. and like my school was like fortunate like nice enough to like connect me with this opportunity so like those types of things and I've just been like really discerning about like what i like do for free and what i don't and like at this point there's not a lot that i do for free because like now i have an agent which i'm like okay, really yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like I, I got signed to an agency in august um they're called adolescent they specialize in representing youth talent and like getting them in
0: any spectrum or um it it's mainly or photog-
1: photography and um directing okay so they have like I think at least like 30 different um, creatives. Mm -hmm. And so I've been signed to them since August and they've been really helpful in like um, helping me navigate like the jobs that I get because I feel like a lot of times I was kind of like nervous to have these conversations as like a 19, 20 year old photographer, like trying to tell people like how much money I deserve or like making these um, business discussions not knowing if I was right or not. So yeah, now I have these people...
0: Like yeah, much so I don't know, like, for? should I be
1: asking for more? <laughs> is this enough? Am I being shortchanged? Are they trying to scam me? Like, I really didn't know. And so, like, having an agent now, I'm, like, more secure in, like, knowing that, like, w- what I'm being paid is, like, right. And, like, I yeah. know that someone's, like, in my corner, like, rooting for me and, like, making sure that I'm not being taken advantage of.
0: That's stuff So, like, let's... My audience might not know who you've worked with, or they might. Um, so let's do like a list of who. Okay.
1: Um, I've worked with The Fader, Nylon Japan, Milk Makeup, um, ID Magazine, W Magazine. Um, I just recently worked with Under Armour. It was my first commercial job. I saw job. that.
0: And I saw something with the Claremont twins. Yes, they I shot were with so them
1: um, recently um yeah so i shot with them patrick church which was like the designer um refinery 29
0: oh and then you do all of the parsons well not all of them which did last year you did rihanna yeah so and i I, I finessed the benefits Finesced. two years in a row
1: <laughs> that's why you need to talk to your professors guys because so last year my, fr- my freshman year second semester i took this class called fashion imaging um and it was just basically about fashion photography. And the professor, his wife is like a chair member in the MFA fashion program, and she was helping out with the, um, with the Parsons benefit that year. And at the same time, it was like a few months after I had won V-Files Runway, Um, as a photographer and so like there was an interview that I did with V Magazine and one of the questions was like if you could photograph anyone like who would it be and of course I said Rihanna and so my professor happened to see the article and he, um, we were talking about it or whatever. He was congratulating me on, like, the V Magazine thing, and then, like, a few weeks later, he was like, yeah, so, like, my um, wife, she works in the MFA fashion program. Like, we're going to try to, like, get you to photograph the Parsons benefit that Rihanna's going to be at. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what? That's, I was like, so Even being invited,
0: because I don't, like, no one really, uh, only a couple, like, a couple people, like, actually get to go. Like, you got to go yeah, this year. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, so, like, the only people outside of, like, the rich people who pay for tables yeah. to go are like people in the BFA fashion program because they show they show work at the benefit. So there's like a fashion show, um, and they like display their work and stuff. So like being able to like be invited and like be p- I was paid to shoot it as well, so That's that was so good. good. Um, and also like being able to like photograph Rihanna, yeah. and then being able to come back the next year and do it again and like see salons and stuff like that was like really yeah. awesome. So I was w- so I just think. People like to cape for celebrities so hard sometimes. And, like, I know that they're humans and stuff like that, but it's like they wouldn't do the same for you. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Max, but, but I mean, like, well, for me, I cape only because, like, I don't need you to do it for me. It's just yeah, like, I true. cape for, like, humanity and just true. people, period. I would cape for you. I'd cape for, well, like, yeah, I mean, I guess random I,
1: I'm saying this and I'm, like, an Azealia bank stand. So. Me, too.
0: That was on our thing. <laughs> That's crazy. I. Okay, why do you love her?
1: <laughs> I love Azalea Banks because she's talented as fuck. In comparison to all these trash like <laughs> male rappers that are around now, like she's really talented. Also, like she's very candid about like what she believes in and like is very honest. Even though like a lot of her opinions, like she said herself in her Breakfast Club interview, like she said my opinions are shitty. You shouldn't subscribe to them. But like a lot of the stuff she says is like. Pretty accurate. It's like for all of the like the few like messed up things that she may say in like a Twitter rant or like an article or an interview, there's at least a few really valid points where it's like Azalea Banks is like really smart. Like she's a really smart individual, and so that's why I like respect her as an artist and like still stand. Mm
0: -hmm. Think like she's beyond talented, and I don't. Right. Everyone always says she lets her mouth get in the way, but it's like she's a smart person and like. And I feel like, I feel like she, she also has suffered from some mental things. Oh, definitely. Like like, her mother,
1: her mother was abusive to her, um, like severely abusive. Her father died when he, she was like nine or 10.
0: Wow. I didn't even know all this. Yeah. She,
1: um, what else? She was like taken advantage of by her label really young. She was like dating this guy who was like really old. He was like the manager of Coldplay or something and he was super abusive too so like she's been through a lot of shit and I think people don't take that into like context consideration, w- consideration when they talk about Azealia Banks um because honestly I feel like she's right a lot more times than she is wrong I think she just says a lot of stupid shit but mm-hmm. a lot of people say a lot of stupid shit
0: exactly yeah. I, I think she's gonna be okay like I think yeah. she really is gonna like make it like to the top and she's purely talented and different yeah, yeah. like i don't know anyone else who can sound and do what she does exactly and like that's she's, really all that matters she's
1: really unique and like that's they just want to keep blackballing her and i just i'm <laughs> over it but i think she's like pushing through yeah because it's like and it's like a huge double standard because like she said in her interview kanye west could one week say or has one week said slavery was a choice and then two weeks later releases an album and the articles are about his album and not about him saying slavery was a choice. Yeah. And Banks releases Anna Wintour and then maybe the week before she said that somebody's breath stank (laughs) and then in the fucking Shade Room article or like the Fader article, they reference that. Mm -hmm. It's like she doesn't get the same treatment as other people Mm -hmm. and it's like obviously because of like certain things like she's a black woman Mm -hmm. like there's just like several reasons why i think she's like and then also like like people just have a vendetta against Azalea banks
0: just because it's like that's like one thing like the internet and the media does they'll like put like that's the person you're supposed to hate you're supposed to hate Azalea banks yeah you're supposed to hate trump which we do hate trump but it's people that you're supposed to hate and like like they'll keep pushing that narrative until the which i'm glad that charlamagne like gave her that breakfast club interview as well yeah. and like they like got to talk and stuff like that it's because like the media plays a huge role in like what we like and what we don't like. and i wish people would just like think for themselves right and like think beyond that but it's like it's almost subconscious half the time i mm-hmm. think but yeah no i love her like i hope she gets to where she's yeah, supposed to go i, also I think, can't wait for
1: fantasy too
0: yeah like i think kanye i think as he made himself kanye and then started to do all this off the wall stuff mm-hmm. so Azelia hasn't really like got there but we'll see <laughs> so i have a section on my podcast called peace of mind and it's kind of like for like self-care mm-hmm. um healing and just like getting to your the core of your best self so how do you find like your personal peace of mind like when you're just with the shits and you're just over everything what do you do to align back
1: mm-hmm.
0: get back in alignment
1: um well, I spend a lot of time alone, like, especially, like, in my room because I have a single up in here. Um, and I think, yeah, just, like, I feel like pe- so, some people, a lot of people are, like, afraid to spend time with themselves because it, like, requires you to, like, think about, like, you as a person and, like, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I think just, like, me doing things that I enjoy um, and, like, really spending time with myself and like spending time with people that i like and love um helps me gain peace of mind amongst all the like crazy shit that's going on like in my life or like in the world Mm
0: -hmm. that's good um so what would be like your top three self-care things that you actually do top three Mm self-care things
1: um number one would definitely be like Ordering Seamless or something. He's ordering some food. Yeah, ordering <laughs> food. Like food is like the way to my heart. I love food, um, especially like sweets. I love chocolate chip cookies. Um, also, uh, like skincare is like.
0: I just saw a you put on your mask the other day. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah. On <their> Instagram story. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was uh I was up like four AM this morning for some reason because like <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm always up so late. I was like I walked into my room and it was like so messy because I had like I had been in Maryland for a few days and I didn't clean my room before I went back. So I was just like I need to clean my room and I was like doing a mask and like dancing and stuff. Um and so I guess that brings me to the third one. So, like, listening to music is, like, another, like, self-care thing. Like, I love music. I think I get it from, like, my dad and my mom. Like, they're huge music lovers. Mm-hmm. They, like, always are going to concerts and well, stuff. What your dad and,
0: and your mom do? Or, like, what's, what's it life um, about?
1: So my parents have actually pretty normal jobs. Um, my mom, she works for the Department of Defense. She is, like, she does some big job in the government. I don't know what it's called. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And my dad, he used to, um, he used to work for this company that installed um, Direct TV units in like apartment complexes and stuff. Um, but he was laid off recently, and so now he's kind of like in between jobs, but like about to work at a different company that kind of like does the same thing. Um, but both of my parents are like pretty creative, actually, um, like just in terms of like creative energy and stuff yeah and, um like
0: allowing you guys to be like yourself yeah so That's like i have a is. sister
1: she's 16 and she's a dancer she goes to duke ellington school of the arts it's like a high oh. s- performing arts high school in dc um but yeah so like my mom she is like into like doing hair and stuff like that and like my dad he cooks really well so like they have their own like creative type things mm-hmm. and they like listen to like cool music and stuff like actually Ironically, well not ironically, like coincidentally, like my dad, he's the one who got me into Azalea Banks. What? Yeah. He yeah. <laughs> the reason <laughs> so my dad, he listens to BBC radio and a lot of times like so Azalea Banks like when she first came out she was like huge in the UK Yeah, and when 2 and 2 came out they were like playing it all the time and I remember like hearing it when, when he was like playing ra- the radio and stuff I was like who is this I thought she was a white girl I was like who is this yeah. white girl and then like I started listening to it I was like oh this is really good he also introduced me to like Disclosure so like my dad like is super cool in terms of like music taste he listens to like like a lot of people's parents listen to like all oldies oh, like Beverly yeah my dad like, is like all new music like he's just lit. like like only listening to like new stuff. He's always like sending like his little recommendations in our family group chat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: That's so cute. That's dope. So um, this might be super random. But I might be able to fit in there. And you can just talk about it if you're comfortable talk about like oh, sure. talking about it. So I'm like always I listen to the read a lot with Kid Oh Fury. my god. They were at Teen the Teen Vokes saw on. That's it. what made me like even more jealous. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he he's always talking about like the whole tops and bottoms. Oh my talk. god. <laughs> and then I and then on your Twitter you're always talking about it too. And I know what a top is, I know what a bottom is. But I do wanna know like is there different like characteristics to being one or the other like in the relationship
1: Uh yeah so I mean I can't speak of terms of relationship because I don't know oh yeah I don't know who she is who's that (laughs) what is a relationship um I mean it's just like anything there's like what you think or like what is like traditionally seen as like one or the other and then there's like what the reality is like traditionally or like the stereotype is like the top is the masculine one the bottom is like the the feminine one um but like in reality like yeah maybe a lot of situations are like that but like there are some where like it's flipped or like both are the same or um so yeah i think like it varies. It
0: just varies, like, within your relationship. Like, how relationships vary. Like, who cooks and who Yeah, it, like. yeah.
1: It's, like, it, that That idea that, like, one has to be feminine, one has to be mask, is, like, rooted in, like, heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. And that, like, there has to be, like, these two opposites. And, like, they have to be in, like, the, this role has to be this type of person, this role has to be that type of person. Um, and, like, a lot of queer people actually, like, really are, like, invested in that idea because they still like like I said earlier they still have things to unlearn like because the world is like heteronormative so it's like they've been like trained to think that way so got
0: you I just want to know for my like just so I can like unlearn Uh whatever I think you know so I'm like, okay is there
1: nah there's no like (laughs) clear discernible difference like like it's like a
0: normal relationship like what you like right
1: (laughs) right and it's like the same in like um i mean like you could have a heterosexual couple and like the guy could be submissive and the girl could be dominant like that's it's just just like Mm -hmm. that. my
0: boyfriend cooks and i don't and everyone (laughs) yeah like
1: my 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 dad is the one who cooks my mom doesn't and
0: literally like his like oh let me not even say that but literally (laughs) like people people Would just say, like, why don't you cook? Like, you're supposed to be the woman, supposed to be, like, the cooker and, like, all that type of thing. I'm like, he does that and, like, I do what I do. And it's like, it works for us. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that
1: bothers you, maybe you should think about why you think that. Exactly. Like, (laughs) how about that? Right. Like, maybe you should observe yourself. Exactly.
0: To our last segment, peace of mind. This is where we collect. This is where we heal. This is where I give you guys tips on how I stay peaceful in this crazy ass world. And I'm gonna talk about healing from traumatic childhoods and like everyday practices that I do to better my mindset and to heal from my traumatic experiences. So if you were following along, you know that that the theme of this episode is complexity and the complexity of human beings, the layers the good and the bad. We all have pain, some worse than others, but we all have it and we all have to deal with it and we never learn how to do that. So I want to talk about my experience with healing from negative things that happened in my life and how you guys can do the same. So I'm going to get into that. According to Psychology Today, What's so crazy is when I was, this is a sidetrack, but when I was, um, studying psychology in undergrad, my dream was to write for Psychology Today and just be like a contributing writer. I thought that was like the peak, like the highest point. It's crazy. Like I write for Live Civil and all these other people and I get to talk about these things in my own cute way and I haven't even reached my peak yet, but it's crazy y'all. Like put it out there and it will happen, but anyway. Psychology Today says the healthy flow and processing of distressing emotions, such as anger, sadness, shame, and fear, is essential to the healing from childhood trauma as an adult. When we were younger and even now as adults, like we did not give ourselves a chance to truly feel any unwanted feelings or emotions. And they always end up fostering in other, way, in other negative ways, like always. Even if you don't notice it, they do. So if you were hurt before in some type of way and you did not deal with it, it's going to come out in some way, somehow. It's going to do, it's, it's just going to do that. They linger in ways that could make somebody a serial cheater. They linger in ways that can make somebody have low self-esteem and hate their body their entire life. They linger in ways that make people really attached to their lovers when they are in relationships and things like that. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to be my best self, like, I want to be the self that God intended me to be, and I don't want anything from my past to block me mentally or spiritually from getting there. Like, I'm trying to live my life to the fullest and I don't got time. So the question is like, what steps can we take to transform those negative experiences into something that makes us beautiful and like makes those bad layers now good layers? Well, I think that for sure the first step is to recognize them and accept them, accept those experiences take the time to truly feel them it's story time now y'all y'all gonna get to know me a lot through this podcast so don't be talking shit because i'm gonna tell y'all some personal things not too personal but we're gonna get there because we're gonna get there together but anywho i know that when i went through something like super traumatic in my early 20s i like low-key turned to drinking low-key I was always like a super casual drinker my friends are listening to this people that know me like i would be out partying having a good ass time nothing serious just casually drinking enjoying my lit 20 year old life right literally faded a majority of the nights drinking to our accomplishments when something bad would happen we'd pull up the Moscato somebody got into a breakup we drink cry laugh talk shit like that's just how it went drinking was super casual however after one specific traumatic experience post-college it went like a little bit too far and post-college life is traumatic within its own like broke don't have a job whatever the case may be just changing worlds growing the fuck up post college can be depressing and And I've seen people like go to drinking and smoking post-college a lot too but yeah I found myself drinking more than ever it felt like I was living my best life like I was like yeah it's lit whatever but in reality I was just coping with a lot of bullshit that I had not dealt with it literally took my mother coming to me one like afternoon it was like 12 o'clock and telling me that I literally smelled like liquor like the next day at 12 o'clock. And she was like, nah, son, that's just, that's not it. That's not gonna work. And I agree, that's not it and that's not gonna work. She let me know that she doesn't think I'm heading in the right direction if I keep drinking the same way. She also let me know that our family has a history of alcoholism and of course she did not want me to fall into that same lineage like her dad died from that and one of her brothers died from that so it's in our family and in our bloodline which you should check that out to see if it's in yours and if it is slow down on the henny okay but anyway it scared the fuck out of me because never in my life would my ass my goody two-shoes ass ever think that i'm not really that goody two-shoes but You know what I'm trying to say. I would never think that Penny Anassi like would be anything close to an alcoholic or anything like that. Or how one even like became an alcoholic. I just, it was just a no for me. I never want that for my life. So I like immediately had to do some soul searching and some healing. So I backed away from the scene and a lot of my friends who drank a lot no shade at all to anyone or any of my friends i love them to death but i just couldn't do the same thing anymore and i went on this journey which said i'm honestly still on declining happy hour with the girls and not going out as much to avoid drinking a lot of and honestly like a lot of my relationships with people kind of diminished because of it but i had to do what i had to do like Ain't no way that y'all gonna catch me out here slipping honey anyway i ended up having like a lot of idle time and trying to figure out like other things to do for fun that weren't that did not involve drinking so a lot of like running and like exercising or just just doing things differently and with that came me like having to actually sit and feel my feelings like if i had a bad day I'd just be like, oh, I'm about to go to happy hour with the girls. Day forgotten, move on, go to the next. And I would never deal with whatever happened during that bad day. But now I had all of the idle and alone time in the world. And when I did do things, my mind was completely conscious. So I would think about whatever negative feelings that I had. Like I had to sit with those feelings, process, handle, move forward without... Just going happy hour and or throwing back a shot with like and keeping it moving. That was not that was no longer an option. So I had to sit with those feelings and recognize them. Another thing that I did that was super amazing is I went to the doctor, got my vitals checked to see what vitamins I need, just to feel better. You know, just to feel like on point during this whole thing. And I also went to see a therapist. I got, like, a regular therapist. I saw her twice a week. And then after, like, a couple of months, once a week. And then after a couple more months, it went to once a month. But it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And, and, like, don't get me wrong. I didn't just completely stop drinking cold turkey. That's so hard. I probably will never. I would hope to do it one day. But right now, it's too fun. I don't know. I just can't. But, like, I just... Didn't do it as much. It would be for special occasions like birthdays or something like that. And even sometimes I just wouldn't do it at all. I did these really cool things called Sober Summers. So Sober Summer 17 was like the whole month of June and July, no drinking at all. But then August, I drank. And then I did Sober October, so the whole month of October, I wouldn't drink at all. And so um, that really like helps with like you having to maneuver through parties and just being around people who are drunk and you not like it just makes your tolerance better and just makes you realize like you don't need to drink all the t- all the time if you are a drinker like myself. And I plan to actually do another sober summer for the month of July or August. Y'all hold me to that. Alright? Hold me to that for real. Cause I want to um you know just get a little popping. It feels amazing, I swear to God. But anywho, so this is basically what my therapist told me. This is like quick steps to healing. Of course it does not take it takes each step probably takes like longer for some people and shorter for others. But step one is to recognize the feelings. Write it down if you have to. Step two is to actually recall it. Like walk yourself through it and Figure out exactly at what point you were hurt and what it felt like. And this part is gonna hurt. It, this is not the fun part at all. Actually none of, none of it is fun until the end and I'm not even there yet, So, but it's worth it, I promise. So step two, recall, walk yourself through it. Think about it, even if you don't want to, think about it. Step three, when you think about that problem, pay really close attention to your body like and what it does do you tense up do you sweat do you ball your fist up i know that i used to whenever i would feel like anxiety from the, my past traumatic experiences i would literally ball my fists up and i would just look down and my fists would be balled up and i didn't understand why but that's like a form of like being anxious so I now I know that whenever my fist is balled up, like I'm being anxious and I need to figure out exactly what's wrong with me. So it's important for you to like know what your body does when it's under stress or when it's um, not processing things right or anxiety, like know what your body does because then you can catch it without um, just moving forward without dealing with it. It's like your mind is normally racing and you don't, you can't pinpoint what's hap- what's happening to your body. And, like, what's making you feel this certain way? But you know, you feel this way, and you just can't pinpoint it. But your body will never lie to you. So, your body will literally tell you what's good. <laughs> I swear to God, always. If you're too sleepy sometimes, it's telling you something's wrong. If you, like I said, ball your fist up, bite your nails, whatever is physically happening to you, it's an indicator of what's mentally happening to you. Bodies do certain things when they're triggered. So sense it. When you do your walkthrough of whatever is going on or whatever happened to you in the past, like pay attention to your body. So that's step three. Step four, this one sucks, but I love it. Figure out why that thing made you who you are today. So if it was something in the past, more than likely you built a positive characteristic from that negative experience like there's beauty in everything I believe like are you a hard worker because you grew up with nothing and had to work for everything that you have that's beauty are you a great mom to your kids because your mom wasn't the best mother to you that's beauty did your whole life change after that one horrible breakup with that super fuck boy that you thought was going to be your man for life but now you're all glowed up Girl, that's beauty too. Okay. So love it, embrace it, and like that's what the that's a transformative part of these negative experiences. Step five, continue reflecting on it. Keep feeling it. It's gonna come back and forth from hurt to gratitude, from hurt to gratitude. It's probably gonna do that, like show up in your life a lot of the times, either negative or positive. At least you know the difference step six release it or share it if you can like don't keep things bottled up a therapist is the perfect person to talk to and share this with or even talk to like your friends your homegirls your family members your homeboys because that will give them a better sense of who you are and like why you do what you do and like your friends peep game when something's wrong with you they know so for you to tell them like oh this is what happened to me and this is possibly why i do this that could change your whole relationship. Like, that communication is everything. And I truly encourage people to do that. Like, be open. That's what your friends are for. No one's perfect. They probably have some shit di- deep, deep in their gut, too, and in their soul that they haven't expressed. And that connection is like next level with friends and family and things like that. So, step six release it, share it, let it out. Tell someone that you trust or love. And step seven is ultimately just to let it go. Like visualize that energy leaving the fuck up out of your body. Once you're done with it, you know that it's there, you know that it's a part of you, but you don't have to continue to be it in that negative way. Let it all the way go, but only when you're ready. So let's walk through the steps one more time quickly. Step one, recognize it. Step two, recall it. Step three, pay attention to your body. What is your body telling you? Step four, how did this negative thing make you who you are today in a positive way? Find the beauty in it. Step five, continue to reflect on it. Go back and forth. One day you might feel shitty. One day you might feel good. That's a part of it all. It's going to be there. It happened to you. It's in your brain. Ain't going nowhere probably unless you change it and transform it. (laughs) Step six, release release it. Share it with somebody that you love or a therapist. Step seven, let that shit go. Let that shit go. Hey, let I'm just kidding. For real life, like, let it go. Like what you still stuck on on FO. Let it go. So I hope me sharing those six steps that um I went through with my therapist you can literally do it on your own and I hope that it helps feel free to always reach out to me if you ever need someone or to talk to advice or talk more about these steps like just please reach out I'm real life not no doctor at all nope I'm not a doctor this is just my experience and what I've learned as a psych major like I did study psych I learned a lot can go learn more, but this is just what I know and what I'm taking from my therapist and myself and my experiences. So I hope it helps. This has been the first episode of the For Your Thoughts podcast hosted by your girl, Penny Anassi. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Penny Peace, P-E-N-N-I-E Peace, if you aren't already. And make sure you guys send me your pen pal letters. Like I'm trying to get this advice column popping. You can send it to my DM if you want it to be anonymous. You can email me off of a fake email or something like that. You can put a fake name on the bottom. I will never in life say your name on this podcast or who you are or even to other people. Trust me, I would never. But yeah, send me your pen pal letter questions. They could be about literally anything anything it doesn't it does not have to be that serious at all let's have some fun all right you guys thanks for listening bye see ya i remember that uh meme with the african lady on the news and they asked her that question she was like oh see ya walked her ass right off yeah that's me Bye.